Thanks for listening to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. You can now download our new app in the iTunes or Google Play Store. Listen anytime and anywhere on your favorite mobile device. Just search Hit That Line now. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. A two-week period, 10 days out. Where, all right, now we're going to decide networks and game times closer to the matchups. And basketball, just like baseball, they do it ahead of the season. And sometimes you end up with a game like this in a marquee TV slot that's not going to be a marquee game. Is, is, is the money too big now for the conference and for the networks to – to let that fall with chips fall where they may, Chuck, or, or do we need? Is that something they'll look at moving forward? Oh, well, I don't know. I hadn't thought about it to be honest. They might. Um, I guess you could. Uh, I hadn't really thought about it to be yeah. truthful. I, I mean, I guess you could at some point. I I, I don't. Um, I don't know for, that it's, this. It's better see, for the league I, to have your big matchups in your yeah. big spots. See, I, I I don't know that CBS really cares. I mean, all this stuff sold. I mean, all this stuff sold. They got their deal with really? the SEC. I don't. You, I don't. I don't, I don't think they care that Arkansas is not as good this year as they were last year. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think anybody in the CBS Sports Office. I don't think there's consternation because it's 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 not a Super Bowl Sunday matchup tomorrow. I, I don't. I think that's something we make a little bit more out of. I, I think we wish our team was better. Yeah. But I don't. I don't. I don't think CBS fret well, over this. Here, here's what I would say, and I don't know the the contract legalities that ESPN and CBS have. I know CBS gets first shot, in, or they've had first shot in football, and I don't know where their basketball is. But if given the choice, like like your your thought, Tommy, if given the choice between Arkansas and Kentucky or Florida and South Carolina, which is the second best game of the day, you take Florida and South Carolina. Really? Do you? Yeah. What's the I, national I, brand there? What's the national college basketball brand among those four schools? Kentucky. I, see, see, Absolutely. It's just see, like Alabama football. I, I I think there's, a again, a lot of truth to that. But what happens sometimes, and I hope this is not the case, is you do have that national brand like you're talking about. And with Alabama, Alabama blows the team out in the first quarter, and then your audience leaves. America's so, not America doesn't pay attention to SEC basketball like it does SEC football. Um, this is not one of those situations where you've got to have a Florida, South Carolina. You know, Florida, South Carolina, if they're both one and five in college football, no question it's the game of the day. Kentucky and Arkansas tomorrow with the records exactly like they are between Kentucky and Arkansas will draw bigger numbers than Florida and South Carolina would tomorrow with their records exactly as they are because Kentucky's a national brand. And uh, Kentucky will draw more eyeballs um, then Florida, South Carolina, and Arkansas put together. I hate to say it, but it's yeah, just the truth. That's, that's why this game's on CBS. It's not about us. It's not about Super Bowl Sunday matchups that we remember between Arkansas and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It's about that brand, and that's why they're there, and that's why CBS will always put them there every chance they get. 
There's, there's a lot of what you it's just like said. It's like the Lakers. True. It's yeah. like the Lakers of college it, basketball. But they clearly expected this matchup to be better. I mean, we all did. Well, but. I think that's a fair statement. That's a fair statement. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it breaks the bank because it's not. No. Yeah, there, uh, there is a stark contrast, like you mentioned, with or, or, excuse me, uh, SEC football and SEC basketball. There's really You can't really push back on that this whatsoever. This is something I've, I've wondered about and, this year because Arkansas has no, been in some great spots on it's TV. It's a legitimate thought. Yeah. Uh, but uh, here's the thing. You know, so much of this, in my mind, the fairness in all of this comes from midweek tip-off times. When you play in the midweek, to me, you know, there, there, there's something screwy about playing at 8 o'clock on Wednesday night and then playing at noon on Saturday or yeah. 11 o'clock. There's just something screwy about that. And I'm not saying it needs to be changed, but what I'm saying is let's say you've got a team that plays at 8 o'clock on Wednesday night and the team that they're going to play on Saturday played at 6 o'clock on Tuesday night. Or had a bye. And, or had a bye. But it's really shaping up as a big game. So the network decides to pick it up. That, that's competitively unfair. It's not like Saturday to Saturday. Um, I don't know. It's I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> I yeah. certainly wouldn't rule it out. And there, we've seen the NFL flex games before. I, I know that NFL fans get frustrated when when games get moved around because of uh, travel and uh, itineraries and hotels and stuff like that. Basketball, of course, you don't have as many fans attending these events, so it's not as big of a deal. But that's at least a possibility, Tommy. There is so much more money at stake now with what ESPN is investing because people yeah. people forget the, the 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 money they're investing with the SEC is not just about football. That's the majority of it, but it's also for the other sports as well, and they want to make sure they're getting every amount possible and, and eyeballs and viewerships because when you do sell sponsors you want to be able to sell them as high as humanly possible in terms of viewers and when you have teams that are supposed to be good and falter it's just not as uh the the demand while you might have sold the the rights and the inventory already it doesn't look as good when the investment's made the 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 value in this game tomorrow is that it's on over the air television uh, in your major markets, it's on guys. The big eyeball still, uh, um, you know, over the air television mm-hmm. like that still gets more viewers than ESPN. Yep. Just because we're sports aficionados and we view ESPN as the mothership out there in the real world, um, CBS still has a lot bigger numbers. Yeah, because I remember when JD Note and Arkansas beat this Kentucky team. I guess it was two years ago. That was one of the highest uh, college basketball games of the season, and it was and it was on CBS. Um, and it, it, on the ESPN and other games that day, it slaughtered them because. And Kentucky's brand had something to do with that. But Chuck, your point's well made. When it's on CBS, when it's on ABC, or it's accessible for everyone out there that has even an antenna, just going to have a lot more people watching it. Well, as much as I hate to say it, the CBS executives tomorrow are saying, hey, we got Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. They're not saying we've got Kentucky and Arkansas. They're saying we've got Kentucky. Yeah. Well, in regards to that game, you do wonder how it's going to play out in terms of who's going to play. Uh, Eric Musselman spoke with the media about 15 minutes yesterday, uh, gave some insight on uh, some guys returning from injury or possibly. Here's what he said about Jalen Graham and Keon Minifield. Yeah, Graham's done a great job rehabbing. You know, he will be for sure available you know, against Kentucky. Keon is, is uh, still progressing. Um, I'm assuming he could be available as well on Saturday. We'll end up playing, you know, a little bit bigger down the stretch than the four guards. I mean, I think that, you know, that happened out of necessity. I thought we played well in some games, but certainly, you know, we went with a little bit bigger lineup when we made that run late game the other night. You know? 
So, again, it sounds like that Arkansas, and they're going to have to. Kentucky's got a lot of sides. I know they play three guards in the set at times, but they do have some big men. It's it's going to be hard to see Arkansas playing Devo at the four a good chunk of this game tomorrow with Jalen Graham being available. I just wonder for, for Muss, I mean, it's already been difficult trying to acclimate Trevin Brazil back in the lineup. Now you're going to have one, maybe two more guys that at least are going to be available, and, and how he goes about that probably has a lot to do with if these guys, again, practice hard or had successful practices these last couple of days, if at all. Well, I've been practicing. I've been practicing a while, but um, I'm not sure. You know, yeah, you've got to bring you got to bring them back in, and and that's a harder thing to do than yeah. it appears sometimes. Normally, you're not messing with your rotation much uh, at this point in the season, but injuries are forcing that. And uh, you know, let's just fa- face it. There's not a lot on the line for Arkansas these last few games. It's just it have, hasn't been, not going to be. Well, I think about guys, and uh, again, this this season's pretty much over. It's coming to a, a screeching halt, unfortunately. But for Makai Mitchell, Jalen Graham, L. Ellis. Uh, there's one or two other guys' names that I'm forgetting, but this is this is their final college basketball games ever. I mean, you got to play like it these last few, even if there's no postseason on the line. At least that's how I would approach it. Well, I think every player playing tomorrow knows it's on CBS, knows they're playing Kentucky, knows there's going to be NBA scouts in the stands. Every single one of them thinks they're going to play forever. Every single one <laughs> of them thinks they could be the greatest player that ever lived if they just got the right chance. Tomorrow's a big game for the players. May not be a big game for us because our team's not doing as well as we thought they would. But when they throw that ball up tomorrow, those players are playing for themselves, the uniform. More than anything, they know people are watching them because when you play Kentucky, America watches, and that's just the truth. And so if you're going to show off and make a name for yourself, tomorrow's the day to do it. Yeah. If you got any give a damn left, it's going to come out tomorrow. Yeah, again, again, to Kentucky team that seems to be catching their stride at the the right time as Cal's teams often do, and uh, it would be great to just kind of slap them around a little bit and interrupt Arena, a place that again Eric Musselman's undefeated as the Arkansas basketball head coach. All right, so the college football playoff is moving to 12 teams as of this year. We know that, but it's only going to be for a couple years until there's a potential change. Right now, you got five automatic qualifiers from conference champions, which is going to be the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 most likely, plus a non-group of five or non-power five, a group of five team that wins the championship. But what's what's interesting about the the possible transition to 14 teams, and Ross Dellinger had this. He's a great uh, reporter at uh, Yahoo Sports that this new 14 lead, or 14 team college football playoff would have three automatic qualifiers each. So the Big Ten gets three, the SEC gets three. You got two qualifiers each to the Big 12. And the ACC, which of course equals 10. You got one automatic qualifier to a group of five conference, the highest one, and then three at large to Yahoo Sports. Now, Tommy, you've always advocated we want the best teams in. Yep. I, I'm not a fan of going to 14, but this seems to be a better way to get the best teams in than what you'd have currently and what you'd have if you kind of kept it the same as is moving to 14 teams. I think the most important thing about the conversation is the format they're in right now, they're not locked into for eight years or some Mm -hmm. long period. It's a two-year deal. 
so they can evaluate and change. And that's, I don't say been the problem, but that's been one thing that's, you know, ultimately the uh, the overseers of the college football playoff had to direct the committee to change it. Um, you know, so these these contracts are, are not long-term. These arrangements are not long-term. And, Chuck, they'll they'll figure it out over the next two years whether this, this format is one that's good for college football. I hope that as we move forward, they will come up with some kind of format that they stick to and that they come up with some dates that they stick to. Um, I think one of the things, frankly, that has made the current format not as good as it could be is, is the revolving dates on this. And I know the calendar falls differently every year. But let's figure out how we're going to do this and let's allow this to become a tradition. When in college football is about tradition, no, uh, nobody laments the loss of tradition like a college football fan. <laughs> if you're going to cement this in no, people's right. minds, if you're going to really make it part of the landscape, you got to settle on what you're going to do. And you got to stop all this. Oh, we're going to do it this way for a couple of years and see how it's going to go. I mean, how many times in your life have you heard the phrase, see how it goes? Mm-hmm. That means we don't really know how it's going to go. That's what... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we don't have a plan. Um, now, let me say this. I like the idea of three from the SEC. I like the idea of three from the Big Ten. I like the automatic bid ideas for the major conferences. I don't really know why we need three at-large teams other than to just fill out the ledger. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, if you need three at-large teams to make it 14, why is, why is 12 not enough? Uh, I don't know, but uh, I do like the idea of uh, multiple automatic bids from the big conferences. Now, as I say that, the next question becomes, well, what happens to the conference championship game? Where do they go? I don't know the answer to that question. Well, a couple points. First off, when you say, let's see where it goes, that's what Tommy said to me when I initially got hired, so we can make that what you will. That's my point. (laughs) We're still Uh, trying to figure it out. Yeah. Second, uh, on that note, Chuck, I I think there's been some discussion of eliminating conference championship games, which has been, again, you think back to 92 when it first happened, they were scared that Florida was going to beat Alabama and eliminate the Crimson Tide from going to the national championship under Stallings. We know what ended up happening, but it's been a long-standing tradition now in the the Southeastern Conference and other uh, conferences, and that people really enjoy going to and, and watching on television, um, which is something again you have to factor in. And then the other aspect to all of this, again, as we're talking about potential expansion of the college football playoff and this new format, is the SEC and the Big Ten would get those first-round buys which I think is intriguing on the idea of not only giving them each three bids to the college football playoff, but both of those conferences, because of the money, because of the brands, and because of the overall quality of the football, they're just automatically assumed to be the two best teams in the country based on where they play week in, week out. Well, you can't devalue the regular season. If you win one of the two best conferences in America, there should be a substantial reward in where you're seated, where you're placed in those playoffs. It should be hard for a team that's not a conference champion to win this thing. Otherwise, you devalue the regular season even more. And I'll be interested to see what the value is of these on-campus games in the playoff. Do they want to expand that part of it? How does the bowl system fit in? Uh, The bowl system has long been, you know, 
kind of where a lot, a lot of the backroom deals are made, and and I, there's a lot of there's a lot of ugliness that goes in with these bowls that I don't think a lot of people realize that you know the the people that are making these decisions um, have wanted to stick with them for a reason. And I'll be interested to see how the Bulls play in and how they value on-campus games in the playoff format moving forward. Uh, it's a lot to w- figure out. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and and actually, it's getting figured out. I'm in Dallas, Texas this morning, and this is the home of the college football playoffs. So they're probably having a, another meeting. What to, time's to, your meeting with them today, Ty? Uh, I've got a uh, a, tea, uh, a second tea time set with Bill Hancock at 3.05 later today, Chuck. Okay. Let's see if I can All make right. it. We'll report back. (laughs) We'll do. We'll do. All right, when we return here on the Morning Rush, by the way, uh, Tommy, you brought up our app earlier. GW just downloaded, and he said it beats the heck out of the TuneIn app. So, again, hit that line now. iTunes, Google Play, the best sports app out there for Arkansas Razorback fans. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile device. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team. And remember to use the promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So, Mr. Tabor, we'll, we'll start you right there as we welcome you in. Are you a fan of any movie remakes that they've been doing the last few years relative to what they had back in the day? Well, you're talking about The Longest Yard. That was the, the first time it came out. It was fantastic. And then they uh, they redid it, and they had some of the same scenes, you know, throwing the football at the guy in the in the uh, in the privates and knocking them down and you know so <laughs> I can say that right yeah anyway it was uh, it was a great movie the first time the second one was good the first one was was just a lot better. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. All right, let's talk some baseball, Scott. So we, we've seen a variety of catchers these these first couple games, and I know that that position is different than it was back in the day. You just had one guy that did it. Some pitchers nowadays have their specific catcher, whether it's in college or the majors. But, I mean, when do you think Dave has to have that position relative to the others figured out? Uh, who's going to be catching this team predominantly this year? Well, you know, you brought up a good point. Back in the day, you said you just just used one. Well, Generally, you just had one that was that really separated himself from the rest of the field. Uh, this bunch, they're all good. 
you know, they all bring a little bit different, something different to the plate. Uh, Hudson Polk goes and he finally gets his chance to play and, and he gets a grand slam. You know, and they talked about his, his power this fall. So he got to put that on display. And I, I think he trusts all four of them, uh, which is a good problem to have. And so, because there's going to be injuries and there's going to be, there's going to be multiple games, you know, in a few days. There's going to be heat to deal with and, and they get, you know, foul, foul tips off the knuckles and, and the leg and the knee and to get dinged up and they, rather than still having to play and be at 50%. You know, he's got somebody else to turn to, and, and there's not going to be a drop-off. So I think he's got a great problem. Yeah. we got to talk about Hagen Smith and what happened last weekend in Arlington. Uh, put it in perspective what he accomplished last week in those six innings, 17 strikeouts, what the pitching staff as a whole accomplished that night. Uh, what, I, 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 what was going through your mind as you watched that game unfold and the way Arkansas dominated from the mound in a, in a very exciting college baseball game? Yeah. Yeah, it was. You know, I've only seen one other performance like that. I was playing in Alaska, uh, in the Alaskan League, at the Midnight Sun game. They don't turn the lights on, and it got cloudy. Uh, and our pitcher was a flamethrower, Ron Romanic. And I think in eight innings, he had 18 strikeouts. Uh, they couldn't see. This is a little different. They actually had lights on, and, and it looked like they couldn't see. Uh, his fastball was just electric. And you could see a lot of guessing. You could see swings stop halfway through when just that time they're, they think they're on the ball and it just disappears with a slider or a changeup and you can just see them wave at it ball back and shake their head and, and uh, you know it wasn't, it wasn't because they were guessing wrong because they just had no no solution to the, what he was throwing uh, this this pitching staff overall uh, I mean just the, I'm looking at some stats and just the number of strikeouts per inning it shows the, the quality of arms and the fact that they're flooding the strike zone now. You know, they're, I think, and it's kind of contagious for the whole pitching staff. Nobody's scared of the strike zone. Uh, so they're trusting their stuff and, and just filling it up. Yeah. You, you look at his velocity, 90, 90, upper 90s on his fastball, the slider. I was reading, you know, it's still in the in the low 90s later in the game. Right. That's got to be the stuff that makes scouts just uh, makes their mouths water a little bit. Well, I guarantee you, I was watching, uh, you could see some of the scouts in the background watching. You'd see them throw a couple of pitches and kind of shake their head and write some stuff down. And, and they're trying to figure out if we can stop his season now and go ahead and bring him in. You know, they're, <laughs> they have to be drooling because everybody everybody needs uh, a left-hander that's just untouchable because, you know, lefters are at a premium anyway. Uh, and he just, he's gotten better and better and better. You know, what it's, what's fantastic to see is he's living up to his billing coming out of high school. You know, I remember reading his, when he had seven no-hitters his senior year, uh, just untouchable. And you go, eh, really, is he that good? He's that good. And he's just gotten better and better and better, which is which is good to see. Scott Tabor with us here via the McCarty Dino Hotline. And, and to your point about Hagen, so Hagen kind of took the Traylon Burks route. He didn't really leave Bullard. He just kind of did his thing in high school, didn't do a lot of camps or anything, wasn't as, as highly recruited as maybe he couldn't or could have been, but still had the accolades in high school. What does that say for, for kids today, again, that maybe stay in their hometown or, or don't do travel, Paul, or AAU in basketball? Where can you find, Scott, in some cases, baseball kids like that that really just kind of stay put where they're at? Well, you know, back when I was growing up, we didn't have travel ball. Heck, we didn't have high school. So there was no travel ball, there was no camps, there was no being graded for a perfect game and for, for all the other you know area code games where coaches could come see you play. Uh, and that's how they grade them. You know, that's how they rate them. You know, this guy's rated number one in the state of Arkansas. Well, maybe not be the number one player, he's the number one guy who goes to camps and gets graded. And so there's there's always kids that just don't have that opportunity to get seen. And it's a, 
it's a well, it's it's turned into a tricky, tricky, tricky situation for high school kids. You know, not everybody has the money to go to those camps, and not everybody's parents can take off work and take them and, and do all those things that need to be done anymore because coaches don't go to high school games. They they just don't do it. Uh, used to, uh, Coach Brian used to depend on on coaches to call them. You know, hey, we got a kid here. I think he will take a look at her. People that he trusted. Uh, you know, and but if you're good, if if you're a really, really, really exceptional talent, baseball will find you. If you're throwing in your mid nineties, baseball will find you. Somebody sees it, and uh, you know they went down and watched him in person. And that's the best barometer you can have is watching a kid in person. You get their demeanor. You know, you can see how they act on the mound. Are they are they a brat? You know, you don't you don't want to bring in problems. Doesn't matter how hard they throw. Um, so he he did it right. You know, he did it his way, and he did it right. Like I said, he's he, he's one of the few that really come in ranked as high as they are. Uh, but the ranking wasn't on somebody else's ranking; it was on his his talent, and uh, and he's lived up to it. It's fantastic. So, speaking of finding, Arkansas seemed to have found a gym. Mason Molina, who is I think second team All Belt Big Twelve at Tech, and has really performed admirably so far in his first couple starts. Uh, you watch a lot of Arkansas baseball, Scott. Uh, has Dave had a, a rotation starting like this with these three guys? I don't believe at the beginning of the season he has. Uh, I think he's he's had opportunities for that, and it seems like always the, the Friday night guy will get hurt preseason, or somebody will get hurt pretty quick. Uh, but and you're always looking for that third guy. You spend the whole season looking for that third guy, and sometimes somebody falls into that. They get a little better during the season. But I don't think going into a season, he's had here's my three guys, and we're going to build the team around that. And now, and because it makes it easier to. It makes it easier to, to build anything if you have a good base, and he's got a good base. He's got exactly what he needs, and uh, he can bring in you know a lefty behind a righty and a righty behind a lefty and a long guy. Bring in bring in McIntyre. He can bring in Fisher or bring in some guys for long or some short. And he's still trying to figure that out. And what a great problem to have. You know, when you don't have your lineup set uh, after playing as much baseball as they have, because they've got a lot of talent. You know, it's, it's it's not like you've got nine guys that can play and the rest of them are going to be scrubs. You've got a whole team full of full of talent. Uh, the same on the pitching staff. It's a it's, so it's somebody's going to get their feelings hurt. And hopefully, a championship team is made up of a team where everybody knows, everybody wants to contribute, at, no matter what level. So you kind of wait your turn and get your shot and do your job, and all of a sudden you're in, you're in Omaha, and then things are things are bright. Scott Tabor with us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Our visit brought to you by Alumni Hall. All right, Murray State this weekend. You got three. You play UCA on a Tuesday at 3 o'clock next week. What's important? What do we need to learn out of these next three or four games, Scott, with with how the lineup's managed? What, what are you looking for over these next three or four games? Coach, still looking for that magic elixir. You know, who's out there putting in the effort? You know, they see practice every day. Who's Who's... You know, really, really getting after it and batting practice and taking ground balls and taking them serious and not just sloughing off. Uh, pitchers getting in games, they're trying to earn trust. You know, the coach has to know what he's putting out there. If, if they put, uh, you know, if they put one of the new guys in, one of the younger guys in, if they put Dawson back in, and he's got some great stuff. If he goes in, he can't, he can't throw a strike. Well, he's not going to trust him to bring him in the, in the weekend game uh, because he can't throw strikes in the midweek game. So, uh, you're just earning trust. That's all you're yeah. doing. You're you're throwing throwing coins into the bucket, and hopefully he'll put you out there when it comes time for for conference. Yeah, sounds like they're working Stovall back. You know, he, he's not ready to to return to the lineup, but he's been, you know. 
swinging the bat a little bit from a chair, Dave said. He's staying behind the net at, you know, taking some as, as pitchers are, are working um, in the cages. What do you think the, the infield looks like when Stovall does get back? Oh, man, what a, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I just love Holt. I love Peyton Holt. Excuse me, but, you know, Sprague Lott, you know, he, he's a great hitter. Uh, so I, you got to move Peyton somewhere. You don't want to take him out of the lineup. Well, at least I wouldn't. I just love the way he plays. You know, what I'm interested to see is if, if Stovall comes back and, and he's he playing good, play good second base, but he's not hitting. You know, how long do you stay with him? How long do you say, well, he'll get it. Well, you can't get into SEC play and he still hit the buck 10. You know, he's making good plays in the field. you got a lot of good players in the field. But you got guys hitting 450, 330 uh, that can play the same position. So you It'll be interesting to see how long he stays with it, if that happens. I don't think it will. I think uh, I think Stovall's going to come out and, and uh, just be on fire. I'd like to see Holt go to third base and, and I don't know, Sprague Lott and DHing. I don't, I don't know. You have so many options. It's just hard to tell. Yeah, a lot of times those are – when you look at the, t- the depth and <laughs> talent, they're, they're good options. Scott, enjoy the yeah, games yeah. this weekend, and we'll visit with you next Friday here on the Morning Rush. Should be great. All right, Scott Scott Tabor with us here on the Morning Rush, former Razorback, joining us. So, again, confidence in Hagen Smith's not hard to to come by at at that point. I thought the most important question that was posed to Scott, Chuck, is what he just asked about Stovall. And Dave said earlier this week, Stovall told him, it's like, when I'm coming back, I don't – I don't ever want to come out, and it is, again, a luxury spray. Spray Lock came in as, like, a defensive guy. He's hit a lot better. He didn't have the best defensive show in this past week, and I am curious kind of what tinkering they do in the infield. Not that the outfield's set by any stretch, but uh, really, I mean, outside of the starting pitching rotation, there's a lot of questions that you mm-hmm. can have with the, the entire lineup on who's going to play where, maybe outside of Kendall Diggs and Wright. Well, I know that oftentimes it looks a lot different at the end than it does at the beginning, but I do think that, you know, they are going to have some spots that are pretty solid that, you know, by the time we get to conference play here in, what, I guess, two weekends, um, we'll have a pretty good idea about how it's going to settle. I would imagine Stovall plays second and Holt goes to third. And, um, you know, if Spraglot's hitting, if he's going through a period where he's hitting, um, they'll find a place for him in the batting order. Um, he might be a he could be a late inning defensive replacement. Um, I've not. I'm going to be honest. I've not watched him enough yet to know is he a guy that can you bring him in in the eighth or ninth inning in a you know in a corner outfield spot. Uh, you know, do you uh, what do you do? And uh, in, 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 and is his play worthy of earning time? I, I mean, all those things have to be have to be determined, but. No, I think when Stovall comes back, he's he's a proven commodity. You plug him in and you move Holt over to third and see how it works out. I bet it works out pretty well. So this weekend, Arkansas is going for their 29th straight under Dave Van Horn in a non-conference home weekend series. Tommy, you mentioned the, the time set up. So you got the Razorback Invitational going on at, at Boga Park. you got Arkansas basketball at 1230 on CBS. Baseball-wise, 3 o'clock game today, 2 o'clock tomorrow. One o'clock on Saturday. It's great weather. Uh, there's, I mean, it was bad attendance the first weekend they had in Bomb Walker, but it is going to be a. There's going to be a lot of people this weekend that fill that stadium. I think a lot of people are going to leave work early today. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go watch Hagen Smith pitch. Yeah, I He's think worth, so. I, I think so. It, man. Three He's o'clock game. Yeah, I, I, I think you're, you're right, Chuck. The weather's going to be so good and. 
people are ready to get out and, and see him in person after what happened last weekend. Yeah, Razorback baseball fans are going to get to that ballpark today to watch Hagen Smith. Now, Razorback fans, just in the general sense, oh, they're going to be there tomorrow. There's going to be a huge crowd tomorrow. <laughs> it'll be bigger tomorrow, and it'll be huge on Sunday. But there will be Razorback baseball fans, people that want to watch Hagen Smith, that will leave work early today to make sure they're there at 3 o'clock. And I guarantee every scout in the area will be there right on time. Yeah. And he, he's – so he got a lot of attention this past weekend for his performance. Again, you have 17 strikeouts and six innings. You're going to get that. And, I mean, if he, he pitches like that, guys, we could be looking at Arkansas's third, third Golden Spikes award winner potentially. Well, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves on that. But I will say this. He's a guy like Cops was that – People will come buy a ticket to watch him. You know, I know people when Cops was rolling, they weren't really Razorback baseball fans per se. Didn't know a lot about the sport. But Kevin Cops was a hot name, and they wanted to go because that's where people were going. DMAC was that way in football. Uh, we've had plenty of basketball players like that over the years. You go watch them play. Uh, because they're going to be in the pros one day, or they're going to be in the highest level one day. And Hagen Smith's that kind of guy. Yep, fully. Uh, I think I think those Friday night tickets in these SEC series, if he stays healthy and you know he's not going to have seventeen strikeouts every time he goes out, but if he just continues what we expect, I think those Friday night seats are going to be hard to come by, particularly in SEC play when you have one of these premier matchups. Scott said a couple of things that I want to hit on. One of them is I guarantee every scout right now wishes the season ended today mm-hmm. so they could take Hagen Smith right now. You got to take care of that kid. You know, we watched him throw 78 pitches the other night. I was thinking yesterday, I may be wrong. I would imagine you'll be able to count on one hand and might not need very many fingers to get to the games where he throws 100 pitches. Um, you know, I, I would tend to believe he's he's on average, you know, less less than 100 pitches this year. Their bullpen is really good. It seems like. That's the part that when I look at the pitching staff, they've got to get sorted out. Um, that's what ultimately determines, I think, you know, who's left standing at the end. Championships a lot of times are won with your bullpen. Yeah. And uh, um, they've still got to get that part figured out. But I think Smith's going to be a guy, for the most part, that you may get six spectacular innings from him. And you may wonder sometimes why he's not out there in the seventh or the eighth. Uh, because, again, when, when you talk about a guy that through one or two outings of his third year in college, when the pro scouts are ready for it to end now so they can go ahead and take him, that's something special right there. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. 3 o'clock today, you can hear the game on most of these ESPN Arkansas stations. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric.
You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So a lot of things have to go right for the Arkansas Razorbacks to defeat the Kentucky Wildcats in Rupp Arena tomorrow. Lately, Caleb Battle, four straight games of uh, double-digit points, has been playing really well, especially the last two games. Here's what Coach had to say about what he's been doing as of late. He's a player that's in a groove right now. He's got great confidence. Guys have done a good job getting in the ball. You know, we've tried to add some sets to get him some different looks, and he's playing at a really, really high level right now and put together some great games from an offensive standpoint. And, you know, we certainly need him to continue to, to be offensively aggressive. Guys, if Arkansas has any chance tomorrow, uh, I think Caleb's got to go for at least 20-plus, and uh, he's shown the capability to do that, albeit against some, some lesser teams. He's, he's got to show up against a big-time opponent tomorrow. Well, the first thing they've got to do is get back. I mean, you got to have somebody over there screaming, get back every yeah. time you put a shot up. I watched Kentucky and Alabama play last Saturday, a week ago Saturday. I mean, it was a track meet. And it was almost like they were letting guys score so they could get the ball back. Yeah. And um, you better uh, you better retreat in a hurry. I know we focus on scoring, and I agree with you. Battle needs to score for Arkansas to have a chance to win. I'm in full agreement there. But the first thing you better do is get your rear end back on defense because if you don't, they're going to score in a hurry. Did it, it remind you any of old uh, Loyola Marymount and, uh, you know, the fast break to three uh, is a little bit like that. Reminded me of watching Coach Richardson's teams. I mean, that's what that game reminded me of. I mean, hey, that was a ball game now. Yeah, they, uh, I don't think I've seen a college basketball game where both – it's one team for one team to go off, but I don't know if I've watched the game like that where both college basketball teams uh, go off. Again, 1230 tomorrow, a pregame coverage beginning on ESPN Arkansas. Hit that line.com, and they hit that line now up starting at 1230 with Chuck and Z uh, courtside. Softball team got a dub yesterday as they defeated South Dakota State 4-3. to Games all week and also in – Bogle Park. Uh, guys, you could double dip. I know there's no basketball, so you can't triple dip, but you could double dip this weekend if you wanted to with Arkansas baseball and softball in town. And I think there will be people that do that. You know, there will be people that make the rounds. Um, you know, there are those who have tickets to everything. I know people that have tickets to all of them, and they just kind of make a day of it, yeah. you know, and um, it'll be a nice it'll be a nice weekend. Beautiful weekend. Last thing here, uh, Trajan Jeffcoat ran a 4.69 in his second 40 at the NFL Combine. He was one of the Arkansas guys that actually participated in stuff like that. I don't really care about this stuff. That's pretty good for a defensive end, though, so I was happy for Tree, and hopefully he'll get a, a look in this upcoming NFL draft. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I, I've never totally paid attention to the Combine because I've never completely understood – you know, everything that they do. But I know one guy that knows, Matt Jones does. And um, I'm going to talk to him about that when we record the podcast today. And I'll bet he gets into that with Phil later today on halftime. He's the one guy who really understands it all because he went through it. And he made some money that day. You know, I mean, uh, he made some money that day. And guys do make money that day. And Trajan Jeffco may be one who has. I don't know. But um, I want to talk to him and try to sort all this out and see what it all means. He's got it, Chuck. He's got a he great knows. story. Yeah, he's got a great story to tell you about his 40 times, so definitely ask him about that. All right, that's going to do it for your hog update this morning. As always, brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY.
All right, so you got some good SEC basketball games on tomorrow. You got two top 25 matchups. One's in Columbia, South Carolina, where the Gators are traveling to take on the Gamecocks. The other is Tennessee's in a rematch with Alabama. Uh, Tennessee tattooed the Crimson Tide earlier this season, and Alabama trying to bounce back and, and get that win as we welcome in our, our friend Sean from the French Men. Sean, good Friday to you, man. We got beautiful weather once again this weekend. Oh, we are super excited. We've got a lot of projects going on all over town. Up in Missouri, northwest Arkansas, we're just super blessed. The weather's amazing. We're just trying to get it done as fast as we can and as efficient and beautiful as we can build it. What we want to see is the ball flying over the fence this weekend. That, that, yes. That's what that's the yes. fence we wanted to fly over. No, I, I want them to hit it and mess it all up so it gives me a chance to go out there and fix it. There you go. All right, well, let's get into it. <laughs> Fenceman Friday Picks. Call the Fenceman for all kinds of fences, controlled access, and custom iron projects. 479-782-3936. The Fenceman. We ain't afraid of no work. All right, guys, let's do these quick. We'll start with that game in Columbia. South Carolina, two-and-a-half-point favorites, welcoming in the Gators. Guys, I've got South Carolina winning by three or more. I think it's going to be a really close contest, but I think Lamont Paris, who's the coach of the year in my mind, pulls it out at the end, and they, they do cover this spread, Tommy. It's at South Carolina. At South Carolina. Give me the Gamecocks. Chuck, where are you rolling with this one? Chop, chop. Florida on the road. Gators on the road. Big win. What about you, Sean? No, home team's going to take it. They got that big advantage on the court. Yeah, they played well at home this season. Alabama, again, hosting the Tennessee Volunteers. Dalton Connect had a magnificent game earlier this week at home against Auburn. Uh, Bama, though, the four-point favorite. Guys, I've got Tennessee covering the spread. I think Bama wins, but I think Tennessee does cover the spread and loses by, like, two or three. Tennessee big. Tennessee big. Wow. Yeah. Two top wow. top 25 wins in this week. That'd be big for Tennessee trying to get a one seed. What are you thinking, Chuck? Alabama covers. Alabama covers. All right, Sean. Vols are nope. Tied. Go Vols all the way. I'm. All right. They're gonna take it. That's a again. That's a team that is offensively is the best it's ever. Man, been I'm either under. gonna crash or I'm gonna make a move here because <laughs> I'm entirely on a different scale than you guys are. Yeah. Uh, my dad just does. I'm in Dallas this morning. Said to pick the Baylor Kansas game in Waco, which I know he'll be watching. We're gonna pass on that, pops. Uh, all right. So Jalen Graham. Before we get to the Arkansas line, Can you bet at Baylor. Don't you get kicked out for betting at Baylor? Yeah, it's Baptist school. Kicked out of school for that? Betting and dancing will get you expelled. Yes. So. Yeah, I, I don't know how much <laughs> dancing my dad did back in the day. Uh, Jalen Graham, you, more than you yeah. think. Yeah. Evan, I mean, you're you're here today, <laughs> right? Yeah, you yeah, are. A good you have the dance to get you here. <laughs> more than you think. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, all right, so Jalen Graham, uh, his stat is uh, his over under right now. Tommy Sean is five and a half. Um, he's got over five and a half points, and this is the kicker. Will he make a free throw tomorrow? <laughs> I love Jalen. Just a free gosh, throw? Just a free throw. It's, it's .5. I love Jalen. I think he's going to clear that six, but I swear every time he gets to the free throw line, I, I want to just claw my eyes out because it's it, he at least misses one. He's shooting like 42% or something from the line this season. So I'm if he's saying, one of two, he's ahead of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm still going to say he doesn't hit it just because of the free throw aspect of this. I'll say he does. Okay. What about you, Sean? you think he yep. hits it? Yeah, I think, you know, when you know you're hurting, you practice it a lot. So here we go. He's going to get it. Needs to take some lessons from Makai Mitchell. Makai is one of the best big men in the country. That And then real quick, Kentucky uh, is a 11-point favorite at home. Tommy, does Arkansas cover that 11-point spread? Yes. Kentucky yes. wins straight up, but the Arkansas keeps it within 11. Sean, what do you think? I agree. They cover it? No, I think we'll keep it within 11, yes. 
<sighs> Wildcats cover. I, I Dillingham hits a three, or one of the uh, the walk-ons hit a three at the end to make it like a 13 or 12-point win for the Cats. So Ty hates the Hogs. All right. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua Sign Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Tom, we often look at this rivalry between Arkansas and Kentucky. We always go back to to Patino and Nolan Richardson. How much fun has the new kind of addition of this rivalry been with uh, John Calipari and Eric Musselman in the last few years? Well, it's the, the thing about a rivalry, you never uh, want this to be the case uh, if you're whatever, if you're on one side or the other because you want your team to win all the time. But the thing that actually makes a rivalry is that it goes back and forth a little bit. And so uh, Kentucky had a long winning streak, and then Arkansas ripped off uh, three in a row. Kentucky's won the last two. Um, but uh, yeah, this has been a, a rivalry that's uh, you know, in the early days. Um, I think I'm just looking here. The Hogs won four of the first six when they came into the league. And um, it's been a little streaky since then. Arkansas had a stretch where they won four out of five. Kentucky's had some long stretches. But if it goes back and forth, uh, that usually makes for a better rivalry uh, where you're not uh, certain who's going to win. And Arkansas came into Rupp Arena and won. Uh, Kentucky's come into Bud Walton and won. So it's not uh, always predictable in that fashion. So uh, it's uh, getting back closer to what it was. I mean, boy, it was in, in the 90s. That was something special when the Hogs first joined the league and you know, the Kentucky fans would be there at the SEC tournament, and then there came all the Arkansas fans and all of the Hogs and all of that stuff down in Birmingham, and uh, those those were some fun days. Yeah, I know people always love to go back to that. You, you mentioned the back-and-forth aspect. I'm more speaking to, again, the, the 90s. I wonder tomorrow, uh, is this game going to be more like what we saw in Bud Walton or with Dillingham being back and the way that Kentucky's offense has been in Lake? Are you expect, expecting more of a high-scoring affair? Yeah, I mean, Dillingham didn't play. He was sick. Um, but the arrow was, that was his first game back from an extended absence. Um, and then Wagner actually went on the shelf for two weeks after that game, but uh, he was dealing with an ankle issue. Um, tomorrow may be the day that Trey Mitchell comes back. Uh, Cal Perry uh, seemed a little more optimistic about uh, Trey finally getting back out on the court for this game. So if not this one, probably soon. But, um, it, you know, I think um, it, it's it's hard to know um, what to expect uh, because Kentucky's been a little in and out. I mean, they had one stretch where they lost three at home, but they're playing much better now. They've gotten better defensively. They're still not great at it, but they're better uh, than they were when they played out in January. So uh, they're playing their, their best basketball right now, and when you take both ends of the court, 
and uh, we'll see if they can uh, keep it going. I mean, it looked like halftime at LSU looked like they were cooking, and then they uh, gave back a lot of that goodwill in the second half of that game. So they, uh, as young as they are, they've been a little inconsistent. Yeah. Reed Shepard didn't start, but played nearly 35 minutes against the Hogs the last time, had 14 points. He has really had a, a great conference season. Uh, just just ex- tell us a little bit more about Reed Shepard and, and the kind of watching his conference slate unfold and even that game-winning shot the other night. He has um, been uh, quite a story here. I mean, he was uh, very, he was the, the recruit the fans were most excited about because he grew up here in Kentucky and his dad played on the 98 championship team and the MOP of the Final Four, and his mom uh, was a star player for Kentucky women's basketball. So, uh, you know, genetically, uh, he was uh, had a good chance to, to be a really good basketball player. And uh, so Kentucky fans were thrilled that he would come to Kentucky. But I don't know that anybody, I mean, everybody will tell you they thought he'd be this good. I don't know if they really uh, believed that. They certainly hoped it. Um, but, you know, he was a guy that didn't get – he stayed with his high school team. That doesn't happen a lot anymore. Um, and stayed with, you know, the guys he grew up with instead of going off to a you know, prep school or an academy or something. He would play in, you know, the summer circuit with AAU, an AAU ball where he got seen there. And so he was highly ranked, but he was the lowest ranked of all the freshmen coming in for Kentucky. And um, he just – he stuffs the stat sheet every night. I mean, he's – uh, blocked uh, more shots. He's he's eight blocks away from having thirty for the season, and if he gets there, he'll be the only person ever at Kentucky at his size uh, to have blocked that many in the season. He's going to set a steals record, most likely that uh, Rajon Rondo set here. Uh, he's leading the nation as in three point percentage. Um, Cal Perry's been pushing him to shoot the ball more. He uh, kind of defers, I think, sometimes, but he did the other night. He they needed him to assert himself, and when he's been needed in situations like that, he has has done that. Um, out at uh, Arkansas, I think that was the game where he uh, didn't have a good first half, but uh, Calipari stayed with him, and he had a big second half and was instrumental in helping Kentucky come back and get the win. Tom, where's the fan base for Kentucky? We've been with Cal the last few games. I know there were some some rocky bumps in the road this season. Uh, still defensively, they're probably not where he wants them to be just yet. But has there been any change there recently? Well, well, when they lose, there's a change, and when they win, there's a change. <laughs> uh, I think that's probably normal, but it's just uh, it seems to swing a little more violently, violently here. I think that's because uh, maybe it's that way with the, with the Hogs, too, because there's the, the passion is so widespread just all across the state for uh, the Wildcats. And, it, you know, it's a relationship that it's it's been in place a long time. Um, I think it was, uh, I think Tubby Smith said this years ago, Tom Izzo told me once you get uh, stay at a place past 10 years, uh you know, you, you, you lose a little bit of uh, your support probably every year past that. And there's probably some truth in that. And so, uh, you know, people have compared it to a, you know, a marriage or something that, you know, after a while uh, things annoy you that didn't annoy you as much earlier. Uh, so there's probably some of that. But, you know, it, it, winning tends to cure everything, and they've been winning more lately. So uh, I think he's uh, viewed... Uh, favor, much more favorably in the last two weeks than when they lost three out of four at home. <laughs> yeah. 
Go ahead, Tommy. Uh, uh, just talk about the league and kind of the Kentucky perspective this year with Tennessee having a great year, Alabama having a great year. And, you know, Kentucky for a long time uh, was kind of king of the mountain in this league, but there, there's really a lot of, you know, top end top-heavy uh, parity at the top of this league. What's what's the Kentucky perspective on uh, being one of what, what six ranked teams in this in this conference right now? Yeah, I think uh, no matter how good the league is, if you're a Kentucky fan, you still expect to uh, be uh, the, the king of the SEC. Uh, but it is a really, really good league this year. And so uh, Kentucky is 10-5 uh, and five in a four-way tie for as its third place uh, behind uh, yeah, Tennessee and, and Alabama at the top. But all those teams uh, are going to be in the NCAA tournament. It's probably going to be, I don't know if it's going to be the most uh, the SEC has ever had or not, but if not, it's, it's going to be close. If you look at Kentucky season, um, you know the, uh, the optimistic view is that Texas A&M, they had a, a shot in the air that would have won the game that rattled out in regulation. Uh, Florida, they had a, a missed a, a free throw late in regulation that would have clinched the game. And LSU beat them on a last-second putback. Mm-hmm. Literally, there's one play in those three games, and Kentucky is at the top of the SEC. Um, but, you know, this league uh, this year, I think it's, you know, really good. I mean, Tennessee went in and got way late at, at A&M, and Tennessee's really good. Um, so this is a, you know, a, a, a tough uh, tough league this year, and it at think we'll see if this uh, turns out to be the case but i think when the ncaa tournament plays out you're going to see this league uh, do really well i think there's going to be quite a few sec teams when they get to the sweet 16 we've got certain feelings about texas and ou here because of where we're located in the old southwest conference history yeah, of the longhorns what 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 is the kentucky view of the league expansion what do kentucky fans think and what, what do you think about OU and Texas joining this league and what the league will become as a result of this expansion? Well, it certainly makes it a lot tougher. Uh, I think here, probably the focus on that is more on the football side because the basketball, the, the, the success has historically been there, and so you just expect it to continue. Uh, in football, Mark Stoops has uh, really improved the situation here, and now uh, you're making it uh, tougher. And It was you know very tough to to get it to where he has uh, put it now. And he's trying to keep moving up the ladder with his program in the SEC. And now it's, it's going to be even uh, tougher with the Sooners and the Longhorns coming in. So I think it's probably more conversation about that addition on the football side here. Um, yeah, I, I like just doing games in, in new places. Uh, you don't get, uh, especially in football, as much variety anymore. Uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to doing a game at uh, Austin this coming season. A lot of history there with the Texas program. And then uh, they'll uh, play in Norman, I would assume, a couple of years after that. And uh, we'll do a game out there. Kentucky actually did a home-and-home with Oklahoma back in the 80s for a, a couple of years. Um, so that'll be fun just from a, from a broadcaster perspective. But the you know, easy answer is it just makes it harder. Um, and uh, uh, But... Uh, you know, I, I tend to try to not worry too much about things I can't control, and it's just getting bigger and, and bigger, and maybe at some point it'll go back the other direction, but, you know, you, we see it in all kinds of industries. Sports isn't immune to society. We see the consolidation and getting uh, people getting bigger, and then sometimes it, you know, 
starts to go back the other way. So maybe it will in sports too. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.